the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Jason Allen King. Welcome, everybody, to the Comedy Zone Podcast for the week of June 29th. I'm your host, Jason Allen King. Uh, we have been on a brief hiatus the last few weeks due to traveling and comedy shows, but we're back, baby. We Woo. are back. I don't want to blab my, uh, on my own over here. You know him, you love him. He's the man behind the curtain, Brian Baltashevitz. How are you, buddy? Hello, Jason. I'm good. How are you? I, I am fantastic. <laughs> you're, you're loud tonight, buddy. Oh, so sorry. I'm you're coming, in, in, a, you're coming okay. in hot. You're, you're, you in the jungle there? What's going on? Some of my wife's family is in town. My uh, sister-in-law and my niece. So you're sleeping in the shed. So I'm, yeah. So so I've been relegated to the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) So So, you got a bunch of family in town, little kids. So there's like she's 14 now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Actually, she's honestly she's watching a bunch of stuff. I don't think she's quite ready for. Frankly, so yes, so that's been had a hard time. I don't have kids, but I'm happy to tell people, you know, (laughs) what their kids should be doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm not quite sure she's ready for some of the stuff she's. But hey, whatever. You know, it's funny that brings me into (laughs) to a part of my uh, my last week. So I was at the beach with family, which is awesome. We went to Myrtle, Judge Away, and they're. (laughs) I'm not one of those people who's like frustrated by their family. I got great. I love them. They're awesome. You know, they're, they're literally the best. We all get along. And I, I don't know. My family is just cool. Like they complain about me. I don't complain about them is what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's funny you bring that up. 14 year old, not saying that anyone was 14, but I learned that my family's very good at beer pong. That's not something mm. I, I expected that I, that's a weird place to find pride when your niece and nephew are really <laughs> good at beer pong single tear, <laughs> just like, man, they grew up, they brought, someone brought tequila. I was like, this is the best family literally ever. <laughs> Uh, very, very pleased. Maybe your niece can play next time. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I say we're back, not just because I haven't seen you in so long, but the Comedy Zone is open. And this past week, I had a chance to, to go there for a couple shows. And I saw Gary Owen. I was going to ask. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yep. Uh, he, he is, you missed out if you didn't see it. He's fantastic. He knocked me out. I've never seen him live before. Yeah. So the, the Comedy Zone Charlotte, they're humming. They're at full capacity, newly remodeled. New dinner menu is coming, but it is a sexy, sexy club. I'll tell you what. I need to hear about the remodel. So I have not been in yet since since the, the, carpet. the redesign. Carpet. carpet. That's <laughs> one word. Carpet. Uh, That's equal parts. I, I'm happy to hear that and also a little disturbed. Honestly, uh, <laughs> the idea of carpeting in a comedy club, but that's all right. Well, just that, that there's no, I don't mean to jump in, but there's, that's the only yeah, thing that do. I, there's no noise when somebody drops something around that stage. Now. Yes. Nice. When it was uh, like uh, okay. concrete, it was loud yeah. and cold in there. Yeah. yeah. It feels it's warm, very right? warm like, in there the, now. Yeah. yeah the, the sound great. is warm. And, and you guys, you guys have heard him and I don't want to waste any more time because I'm super excited about our special guest today. He's not only one of the coolest guests that we've had on this show, he's also one of the funniest, okay? And I want to start by saying you can catch him later this week 
well, technically tonight at the Comedy Zone Charlotte. He's there July 1st through 3rd. He's going to be throwing out the first pitch of the Charlotte Knights baseball game tonight. And I've had the pleasure, pleasure of watching uh, the Charlotte native. He just murders rooms over and over again. I've been watching him for years. I've had the pleasure of working with him a couple of times. His comment, he takes you back. He makes you laugh. He's literally traveled all over the world entertaining the U.S. military uh, with the likes of Robin Williams and Bill Burr. He's been featured on Fox, CNN, Comedy Central, Armed Forces Radio. He was a semi-finalist in Comedy Central's Up Next comedy competition. He appeared on Pure Flix Comedy All-Stars. I'm not even done yet, gang. You can check out his dry bar special that he did in 2018. It's been viewed over 8 million times. This guy is a monster. That's not all. He has a hugely successful podcast called The Doug Wise Show, and I'm excited for him to tell us all about that. It's such a cool show. It's a great idea, and it's it's Charlotte-based, re- regionally based. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast Mike Spienberg. Yes, hi. I'm, I'm also <laughs> also an NC State Wolfpack grad. Gotta throw that in there. And we're angry. We're angry. We're angry. I didn't want to split the audience, man. I didn't want to split the audience. I'm carrying that chip on my shoulder. Carrying that chip on my shoulder right now about this college baseball thing. But also, too, uh, throwing out the first pitch, we referenced that uh, back to what you guys were talking about before about family. I have a 12 year old uh, Little League All Star here at my house, and uh, he has to teach me how to throw pitches (laughs) before I I throw the pitch out tonight. Are you nervous? I'm extremely nervous. I never played baseball in my life. I grew up in um, basketball. I'm gonna. I'm throwing it underhanded, dude. I'm going underhanded. <laughs> oh man, don't do that. I don't think that's a guy. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not gonna do that, man. Oh, yeah. Don't pull a Fauci, man. Don't pull a Fauci. Is all I'm gonna say. I don't know what I'm gonna do. So, my my palms are sweating thinking about it. Like that's most, I'm more nervous about that than any show. Any that any is amazing. Show. So yeah, I'm, I'm freaking out. Yeah, and, and I don't. People are gonna be screaming at me. I had uh, Jeff Reed, who used to kick for the Steelers, and he was on my yeah. podcast. And he has literally told me he's gonna be there screaming how awful I'm gonna be. So, <laughs> well, uh, that sounds very <laughs> Jeff. Yeah, it sounds yeah, very they're Jeff. Not very throw, they're not gonna throw out a professional former with the super, two Super Bowl rings. They're gonna throw him out. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, I'm just gonna, just yeah, gonna have yeah. to take it. Just take it on the chin, oh, man. Oh my gosh! Oh, and I man. can't embarrass my. I think I'm more nervous about embarrassing myself in front of my 12 year old coach. When I get in, yeah. You know I mean, more. That's the part that's, that's going to eat me up. But the step kids are cruel. Point. Kids are well, yeah, cruel, yeah, man. You know, and I, you know, I mean, you know, I, when I was, I was in the ninth grade, and my mom married my stepdad, and he was talking all kinds of trash and wanted to go out. And I was basketball was my thing growing up, and he was running his mouth. And I took him out in the driveway, and literally, uh, they, my mom had to call an ambulance because he literally had a had a minor heart attack in our, in our driveway. <laughs> And Damn, you crossed him in, over. All right. That was in 1980, 87, 86, 87. Right, and right, if you right. bring it up now, my stepdad still gets angry about it. So <laughs> Is he really? This, this could be one of those moments. So I don't want it to turn that way. I want this to be, yeah. hey, remember that time when you and Mike went and he threw the first pitch out and it was awesome and all that stuff. Not that, <laughs> hey, remember the first time he threw the pitch and hit the old lady and, and, and yeah. uh, you know, had a heart attack on his way to the I show. Just, I just wanted to go. I wanted to go normal. I just wanted to go normal. man. Oh, man. So, uh, I'm yes, not going to lie. I'm a little question. nervous. Yes. Here, hearing you talk about, it, I'm a little I'm nervous. Look at me, you look at, I'm rubbing. I'm, <laughs> He's I mean, hard. Your body yeah. language is not good. I got to tell you. You're yeah, 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 awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so. I know, dude. You're, but I know you're a killer on stage. I don't know how you are as a pitcher. We talked a little bit, but uh, before this, Thank man, you. I mean, I know you you started the the Doug Wise show, your yes. podcast, and. I, I know a little bit about it, but I mean, that's how you, you just said moments ago before we started recording that that's how you survived the pandemic. I mean, tell me about that, man. How was the pandemic for you? Dude, you're a nationally trained, you literally travel the world doing this, man. How did that go? Uh, for yeah, you? I was, I was doing, 
three weeks a month probably on the road for a good 12 to 15 years when this thing hit and and you know on average you know what i mean so there was times Mm -hmm. where i you know but i never really i I, the pandemic for me was a good thing i'll be the first guy to tell you that it took me off the fair field it took me off. It made me realize like what I would kind of want to do. I was, I was doing a lot of ships and the money was really good, but I was also, I was going through a divorce at the time when I did in dry bar and all that stuff. And it yeah. was really easy to be away from home. You know, it was, wow. it was easy to not be home. And then when you, you know, when you, and then I moved back to Charlotte and became happy again. And <laughs> now I really don't feel like being gone all the time. So it's, right. it's kind of, oh. you know, it kind of opened my eyes on a lot of things. And I started trying to realize like the, the projects that I'd never really gotten a chance to work on before any of that, because I was always on the road, like doing a podcast. And I, and my buddy, George, who runs the French Quarter downtown, French Quarter Restaurant, which is one of the best restaurants in Charlotte, if not the yeah, Southeast, and it's been there forever. Yeah. And uh, it's right near the baseball stadium and right near the football stadium um, downtown. So uptown, whatever they want, it, whatever you want to call it. I mean, <laughs> right. I'm from here originally, so it's, it's downtown. But uh, it's right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's on Church Street downtown. So, uh, we started doing that every Tuesday from 11 to noon. And when we get someone who has done something unusual with their life and is from around here, I've had a professional mascot. Yeah. I've had the 2018, 2019, uh, North Carolina Patriot of the year. He was, a uh, he, he was in Vietnam for under two years and he has a purple heart, two silver stars and a bronze star. Who's a tunnel rat. I had him on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was um, I've had some really, really cool. And I, like I said, I had Jeff Reed from the kick for the Steelers. He went yeah. to East Mecklenburg high school. I had him on the show. Um, so I've had some cool musicians to, on there. So you come back to Charlotte uh, during the yeah. pandemic. You find yourself here and you're like, I, I need to do something or I'm going to go crazy. So you- I moved I moved back here three or four years ago, but I was still on the road all the time. Yeah. So it wasn't okay. like I really and I was I lived in Atlanta. I didn't do like a lot of comics do. I didn't move to L.A. or New York. I moved to Atlanta and I, and yeah. I was on the road a lot. But Atlanta was my home for 17, 18 years. When I moved back to Charlotte. I looked at Atlanta, I looked at Charlotte like, hey, Atlanta's so much better than Charlotte. Charlotte sucks. It ain't Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. I had that Atlanta chip on my shoulder. Yeah. And it took it took me getting out of my house to go experience people that I had to reconnect with that are from here to get me out of that whole Atlanta as a city is better than Charlotte as a city thing. And now right. I love this place. I, I, I mean, I, I wear a, a, a hat with CLT on it, and you never would have caught me doing that. Yeah, four or five right years ago. You're wearing a you shirt know? right now. It's got uh, the crown. Oh, yeah, on I got my Doug Wise shirt on. Yeah, Doug yeah. Wise. Yeah, yeah, that was a Doug nice. Wise shirt. So yeah, I wear those. I mean, I just I, I I'm very very proud of my city now that I've I've got the uh, producer twenty is coming on my show July sixth. He uh, he does beats for the babe the baby. Yeah, he's going to be on my show. So I mean, it's you know, that's I, awesome, I get a lot of man. I'm very excited. I, I, and everything is through my connections with the restaurant and through my connections with people that I went to college with at NC State or people that I went to high school with because I went to East Mecklenburg. And then yeah. my senior year in 1990 was the first year they built Providence High School. So I, oh, I went right there on. just one year as a senior. I'm, I'm oh, a Randolph okay. Raider. I bet that sucked there. a little bit. Move, leaving your last year? Uh, that's kind of... I was just a kid, man. I, I, don't, I don't think... I think I kind of let that kind of stuff brush off as a kid. I, yeah. I had a car. I had a car, so it really didn't matter right where I was. You look like you probably had like a Trans Am or something, man. I had a Honestly, Toyota like if you, know, if you know his show, yeah. you, you had a what? I'm sorry. I, had a, I had a Toyota Celica GTS and then a, a, a Nissan 300ZX. Oh, look at you. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I had T-tops. I had T-tops. I'm going to say, that's hot. T-tops. Right. The, 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 ah, that's great. I don't know my cars that well, but now, yeah, <laughs> cool. of course you did, man. Uh, so kind of walk me through the one of the one of the uh, episodes. Like just, so you're in the restaurant and the restaurant is open or is that just like yeah, the they menu? Opened, 
No, they open every day. Every uh, they're only closed on Sundays. The only time they're open on Sundays is uh, when the Panthers have a home game. I was gonna say Panthers. Yeah, yeah. They got twenty. So, dude, their their food's really good. They have twenty beers on tap. It's it's a ama- it's an amazing place, and it's right in that little uh, corridor of there's other restaurants and stuff there. But the French Quarter's right there on the front end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that place. I go, I go there. down yeah, there. I, they open at eleven a.m. and I start recording. I do my intro at about five till 11 and then i roll into having the guests come on and i do my own commercials i have that pod roadcaster machine i just put commercials in it and i do a commercial for them and then uh, another guy another greek fellow friend of mine named andreas he runs uh shuffle town grill over on over near uh over on the other side of town over in west end of town over uh, mecklenburg county shuffle town grill look it up that's awesome dude it's right near the shuffle town where the shuffle town drag strip used to be when i was a kid here there was a drag strip over on the west end of town called Shuffletown. Yeah, and, I'm um, familiar he, with that. And he's over, he's at the, he has the restaurant diner there. They're open for breakfast and lunch. And um, mm-hmm. man, their food's really good. So he, he helps to sponsor the show. And those, so I do commercials for them. And then I'll have the guests come in. And I've been having live music on. I have a kid named Will Bergen. Wow. Um, come in and play a couple songs. And then I had another dude, uh, what is his name? Uh, I can't, Jeff, Jeff something or another came in and played a couple songs. I'm trying to get Chris Shin on my show, who is the son of George Shin, who ran the Hornets. But he also he also took the place of Shannon Hoon and Blind Melon when Shannon Hoon passed away. Is that right? Um, wow! Yeah, oh, and, cool. and he had a band called Unified Theory, and um, that was basically Blind Melon with Chris Shin. And then he was the guy who replaced the guy who left Live that band Live. I don't, I love yeah. Blind Melon, but I do not listen to Live. I don't know a lot of their music, but I I love Blind Melon. They were they were kind of up near me in Pennsylvania, man. I, I'm familiar yeah. with Live. Yeah, yeah. Well, their lead yeah. Yeah. Ed Kowalski, their lead right? singer. Yeah, 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 he yeah, apparently yeah. left. Right, he left. Yeah, he quit or mm-hmm. something. Well, Chris Shin took his place. Wow. Okay. And he's George Shinstein. He huh. lives here in Charlotte. He's from here. So I've been wow. trying to get him on the show. I mean, these people you don't know about these people. It's crazy. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I've just had people walk up to me or people that have been on the show say, hey, you need to check this dude out. You need to hear about this girl. Oh, or you need to, the, that's how I got the boxer girl on there was through Chris Carrado. He knew that yeah, girl, right. female boxer. Yeah. And he, she came on the show and she's Chris Carrado's friend. Sure we haven't, haven't had him on, but he's definitely sort of a guy who runs a bunch he of He knows everybody in you know, all those does. different, well, he, yeah. Yeah, he promotes everything. So he's like a yeah, circus. I, I, I love the idea of you having this this sort of down home show. It does sort of match, I think, kind of your comedy to some degree. Like you just or something. Yeah. I think you kind of you 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 represent have stories and stuff of of like growing up and like history. I mean, not only that, but uh, but that makes total sense, man. And then there's a, probably a million stories about Charlotte that we don't know about. You know, yes, I'm sure there are, and there's yeah. tons of places that we haven't been aren't around anymore. The house I'm in right now yeah. was built in 1906. Wow. So I'm, no, I mean, not... I'm out here right off of uh, 485, 485 here, right? See, even Atlanta, I want to say 285 <laughs> every time. It's, I'm out off 485 out in the middle of nowhere, and this house we were in was built in 1906, and it's going to be a neighborhood in two years. Yeah, right. So, right, you know, I mean, I, I and Myrtle Beach, you were talking about being in Myrtle Beach. To me, yeah. there, you say Myrtle Beach, that's a blanket statement. Myrtle Beach, there's so many more different right. Myrtle Beaches. Like one, I, going, to be, going to the Strand or the Strip when I was a kid mm-hmm. was way different than being up in Cherry Grove. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's all different kinds of Which is actually where we go. Like we're up in Cherry the family Grove. side of things. Yeah, that's where we go. We're, you know, that's where we would go as kids too. My my friend Jonathan, yeah. his grandma, she lived in Hamlet. She had, we had to stop in Hamlet to pick up the keys <laughs> to his grandma's <laughs> house in Cherry Grove. I uh, know Hamlet. That's really funny, man. That's cool. Very very. Going cool. to that train. There's a train trestle in in Hamlet. There's a train trestle. And you got to go down and find her house down there and get the key to the house on still. <laughs> you know, in my brain, I'm like, there's always a train trestle, man. There's always a train trestle. <laughs> Hamlet, man. And the turkey oh, so or cool, the chicken man. and the chicken processing place. Place where they process chickens. I, 
<laughs> well, I got to tell you, man, I, got, I, I know you, you know, like somewhat. We've worked together a couple of times and, and I, I'm, I can hear the enthusiasm about this podcast, man. And, and uh, there's a buzz. Uh, I've seen that. I've seen it. I felt it. So I'm excited for people to check that out Thank and, you. and hear you. And I'm excited for You're people to see you. You're always welcome to come. Yeah, heck we, yeah, we, dude, we, we push a live crowd and from 11 to noon every Tuesday, come hang out because they, they have beers on tap. We, we, you know, and the food is amazing. So you know exactly um, how to get me there, Mike, you know, exactly. Yeah, how. I'm, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> perfect. <laughs> uh, well, that's awesome, man. Good for you. And like I said, I'm kind of talking about your comedy that people can see this week. I like to find out what, how people describe their comedy. How, do, how would you describe if people like hadn't seen you and you were like, oh, you're going to come see me. Can you, can you do that? No, I don't not. It's not easy. I, uh, yeah. I'm kind of a storyteller, I guess, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm more, I don't know. I have a, I don't know. Do you know, do you know who Tim Wilson was? Do you know who that was? Did you I don't think ever I see did, Tim actually. before? I, I was a huge fan of Tim. So I think I took, I think I can, it's easier for me to tell you who I took a lot from, who I, who yeah. I, like who That's my a, influences were. Yeah, it's a future to, question. Uh, so yeah, please do. Uh, t- Tim, just people I worked with a lot, like Tim, and then my generation is more abrasive than say his generation was. So that Bill, I get that Bill Burr, that generational, yeah. like, don't, I still have to be alpha. Like I, I'm still yeah. alpha <laughs> type thing, you know, and, and just, there's a few jokes I'll, I would, I will do that. I always try to. I can always, I like the way Mitch Hedberg wrote jokes and I got to work with him yeah. a few times when I was coming up and, and I got to watch him do his process. And so I, I write my favorite, I wrote one joke during the pandemic and I'll use it all week. And it's a very, <laughs> what I would consider my Mitch Hedberg joke is I missed live concert. My girlfriend's first concert was Megadeth. She wore a black tank top and bright red lipstick. My first concert was The Cure. I wore the same thing. <laughs> Like that's to, yeah, to me. That's great. not a hilarious. That's, that's not a joke that I would normally <laughs> write in my show, but I will put that in my show just because I I thought it was funny. I wrote it, and I normally yeah. would just. There's nowhere for it, but it reminds me of Mitch, and like I would, you know, yeah, right. Just in those. So I don't know, man. There's just a lot of influences in my comedy. Like I don't. It's hard. I don't think I'm really that much of a storyteller anymore. I, I don't babble as much as I used to. Um, uh, so to... what's great, Mike, is that that's kind of how. So sometimes when I ask people, I have sort of my idea of what their comedy is, and sometimes I, I find it interesting. Especially the people who are maybe less experienced don't always, I think, nail what their comedy is, and it's kind of a fun thing. And and I and I've you know jotting down a couple notes, and it's like, yeah, you're a smart comic, you're a great joke writer, but you have got these great stories the tapping into these experiences. And I'm like, well, that's literally, uh, that's all of the genres. Right. You know what I mean? So, so it's uh yeah. So I can, I can appreciate you going, I don't know. I have this, I do that. And to me, that's the best, that's the best kind of show. Well, I, and and the last few of- years I've really, last few years I've really dove or divin or whatever the word might be into, <laughs> into crowd work. Like I, I really, really oh, enjoy right talking and, and understand I, I, uh, Ian Bag. Do you know Ian Bag? Yeah, I worked I with Ian name, Bag. I, at a, I, did, I got fortunate enough to work with Ian Bag, and I, I saw this guy doing crowd work and I was blown away. Every show was completely different. Was blown away. And just to see a guy do that, I just started dabbling and talking to the crowd and trying to, you know, get into the people. And now, I'll, you know, it's just, it's natural. I, it's gotten me a lot. And the boats, the ships helped with that. You know, as much as yeah, I didn't, sure like being out there you have to do so many shows in front of so many of the same people coming mm-hmm. out to your shows they're a captive audience so that helped me a lot with that crowd work thing but i mean i just dove into that and it, i didn't write as much as i probably should have during the pandemic but uh, well, um, you know we're hearing that a lot i mean i, my, I you know i'm a con- i'm right in there with you and i and a lot of people on the show are kind of like how do you write you're not experiencing anything yeah. You know, we've got, we've all had this universal experience. So it's a little difficult to tap into some creativity there. 
on an, on an average, let's say in an average year, 20, you know, 2018, 2019, I mean, what do you pull from? Is it strictly experiences? Are you doing stuff uh, from the news, everyday activities? Like what, you know? Oh, well, I think that was part of the problem with the boats is why I wanted to get off that Ferris wheels. It, be, it, it just became airport, ship, home, airport, yeah. ship, home, airport, ship, home. And I don't know if I really write a lot. I'm, I'm more when I'm on stage. I will mention something from the stage. Like it's like fishing. Like I'll mm-hmm. throw it out there and it will land in the water. And if I get a nibble or a bite on it, I know that I put that, I take that lure out yeah. off the thing and I put it in my little tackle box. And the next time I throw it in the water, I leave it in there a little bit. It's got a little more on it. Yeah. You know, so that thing eventually becomes to where it's, it's a fish every time. It just starts out with a bite. And if it stays, it's a fish every time. So I, I'm more likely to, I'll be talking about something that I already talk about. And if I, I do a whole bit about T-tops mm-hmm. in cars now, and just because I mentioned to somebody one time in shows, hey, man, you remember T-tops? And some kid was like, no. And to me, that turns me on like, holy shit. Like now this kid's got to <laughs> know my point of view on T-tops. Right. So you know, and and the things that I talk about in my show, that's changed for me too a lot is when I first started doing all that, like talking about where I come from, yeah. I would talk to people in the crowd. My angle was, hey man, do you remember when we used to do this? And everybody was like, yeah, that's crazy. We all did this. Now in my show, I have to find some kid who's like 22. And the angle is, you remember, or this kid has no idea what we're talking about. It's a whole yeah, different, right. I'm doing the same, I'm doing the same bit doing the same yeah. kind of jokes but the angle is different now the angle is is he's a dummy because he doesn't remember what we used to do <laughs> right which because was now an, there's a lot of younger awesome. yeah but yeah but there's not there wasn't a lot of i was the younger guy for a long i was in that group now you get older and there's people in there you know you look in the yeah. crowd you see people that are 20 20 years younger than you you know and right you've man. either gotta you've either gotta get in their face and give them a lot of shit and like kind of have fun with them Right, because they're not. They're, you know, it's not the same crowd that was around when I was younger. It's a completely different sure. world. Right, right, yeah. So, well, do you uh, do you ever dig into controversial stuff, or or are you? Is that something that that I, I ask people? I always quote Chappelle. I'm like, you know, Chappelle said, "I challenge comics to speak recklessly," and that's usually a some you know wanting people to yeah, do something controversial. But then again, you, I mean, I'm in, I'm in a weird spot. Like I like the headline, but <laughs> I don't have the weight that Chappelle has. I can't go into a comedy club and say all the things I really want to say sometimes. Sure. Or, or they'll just replace me. So yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. I, he, he, you know what I mean? He can't, he, he, totally he has agree. to step back and think about who, you know, he's talking to his peers. He's not talking to all the other comics out there like ourselves who are, who, if we do something and go out there and just, you know, Start, I don't even yeah. know what he did. I don't even, I don't, I don't watch a lot of stand up. So I don't, I don't, I don't put, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of yeah. it. So I don't, I never really did. So it's, it's, I, I used to talk, the only time I got really political was when, was when 9-11 happened and we went to Iraq and all that shit. That's, I got, yeah, right. I got kind of rowdy about that, you know, but then now it's just, I've got so much stuff in my show that I can talk about that doesn't have to be controversial, that I can just have everybody yeah. have a great time. And then you, when you start worrying about selling merchandise and paying your bills and all that kind of stuff, I don't really, there's no real reason to get into all that, man, especially right. nowadays. Totally. It's, the world is so divisive nowadays. If you even dabble in certain things, you're going to le- lose half the room. Yeah, and right. you got people filling out comment cards. And the club manager, Ted, don't want to worry about comment cards and people being pissed off at him, talking yeah. to him about how the comedian, taking him outside and talking about how the comedian's a dick because he didn't vote for so-and-so or blah, 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 this and that. Yeah, so it's best right. just to leave, right. leave it alone, man. 
I can't totally. even talk to my I can't even talk to my family about that shit now. <laughs> right. So how uh, am I supposed to stand in front of how am I supposed to stand in front of a room of two hundred people and try to convince convince I, them I to think I, like I, I think? I think I've said those exact words before. We've talked about it on the show. It's like, wow, you can't. It's just not, you know, there's no convincing anybody. Well, so you mentioned you don't, you didn't. Uh, I mean, your consumption of comedy in terms of your origin story, like, where did this come from? This, this doing like, stand up. Yeah, like, where did that come from? And I don't. I, I, uh, I, the only comedy I really watched coming up that I remember is Re- my buddy Reed and I would watch uh, Def Comedy Jam when it was Martin Lawrence had just mm-hmm. was the first one watched a lot of that i went and saw i think it was delirious but it might have been raw at the it was the capri and it was on independence boulevard if you go down independence boulevard oh, wow. you know where that wall walmart is on the left yeah if you're coming down and the old the old camelot music was on your right and they're about to tear it down it was on your right you're coming down the hill you're yeah. going towards town they're on the left it's like a car dealership now or it was but that's an old movie yeah. theater right there mm-hmm. i saw raw at delirious there and i just kind of came up on like i remember watching that kind of stuff but i was never really super into stand-up and I just graduated from school in Raleigh and came back to Charlotte and I started writing in a journal and I had no idea why I, did, I was oh, wow. why am I doing this every day I would just write down these stupid little stories or anecdotes about the day and I was drive, driving a delivery truck and I just one day drove by the zone over on Independence behind the TGI Fridays over near the, the crazy horse mm-hmm. or whatever that the dollhouse or whatever and I walked in there and Joel Pace and Randy Matson were sitting in there and I asked how you could you be a comedian and they said you had to take their comedy class so then I took their comedy class and that was the summer of 1998. So oh, wow. I just went in there, man. And I, and I, and then I didn't really know, I didn't want to be around my friends from college. And I didn't, I didn't really want to be around. I wanted to grow. I wanted to be different. I didn't want, I didn't yeah. want to be stuck in that like, Hey, frat guy graduates from college. Now he works for the bank and or he sells yeah. insurance and, you know, 2.5 kids, that stereotypical shit that half of the guys I went to college with did. And I love every, all of them, man. But I just, yeah, right. I, I, I started doing open mics. You felt, and, you felt uh, something different. You got a bug in you that's like, yeah, I don't want to And then I started, I, track yeah, this, I started so. doing up open mics. Then I realized that if I was going to do open mics, that every time I did one, my brother was going to be there or my mom was going to be there or my cousin was going to be there. And I couldn't take risks or chances on stage because I didn't want to look like an idiot. So I just packed my stuff and moved to Atlanta. And uh, wow. found an apartment. I had I knew one guy I went to high school with in Atlanta. He helped me find an apartment, helped me move my stuff in, and I was on my own. I didn't know anybody, and I got a job waiting tables. And then the punchline became my home, and that oh, was wow, my home right for on. a long time. And I and I well, that was my so, home. So how, man. how long in a comedy did you move to Atlanta? How many years? Probably about a year. About okay, a so year. it's pretty fresh. Yeah, right on. Yeah, wow. yeah. I moved to Atlanta. I started doing stuff in '98. I moved to Atlanta about somewhere in '99, early 2000. Wow. I just want. I, I just wanted to be able to go on a stage and go home and think I'm never going to see those people again. So the fact that I had my hair in a stupid mohawk, I just did something stupid on stage. I would not have gotten that. <laughs> my friends would have given me a hard time. Like, well, that was, that was weird. Why would you do that? Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I right. Take right. Risks and chances and find myself. And it was the best thing I ever did. Best thing I ever did, man. Yeah. You were able to right. get outside of a, a, well, I was going to say a comfort zone, but a, not a comfort zone. You, you felt in, hindered by people's knowledge of who you were. You couldn't, yeah. Yeah, couldn't just, grow and be a different person. On I was stage, afraid which, to. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's an honest, that's honest, man. That's uh, kind of yeah. amazing. So I, I, and moving to Atlanta was, and I was too much of a pussy to, and too early in stand up to move to New York or LA. I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah. I moved to I moved to Atlanta and just was close enough to my, you know, where I could at least get home and it was still big enough city there. to where I felt like I was doing the kind of you know, the right thing. So yeah, it, it, it definitely was a, a, the right decision. Yeah. And then you stayed there and you, and you, your, your career kind of grew from there. Cause you, didn't you start with, uh, is that when Julie Scoggins and, and, yeah. and Paul Hooper. You started? 
Paul Hooper. Okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah Paul, I think Paul we're the only standing. three still doing stand up. Is that right? Uh, Julie, wow. myself, Julie, and Paul. Yes, we all started in the same summer. Just killers, just three killers are the ones that they're the ones who stuck around. That's fantastic, man. Hef, Brian uh, Heffron and Brad Greenberg taught my class. Really? Yes, oh, Brad Greenberg started. I didn't know. I didn't know Hef. Maybe I knew that and I'd forgotten, but Hef was teaching the class. That's fantastic. Yeah, Hef taught my class. Uh, Hef taught me how to write wow. jokes, how to make structure, and how to. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He, he put up with a lot because he wouldn't let me. I was still working at the warehouse and like driving a truck, and he would yeah. let me uh, go do like a but then you could go do a weekend in johnson city and you could go yeah. there were com there were five comedy house theaters throughout the southeast that would work out of town mcs and you could go everyone still worked out of town mcs because you know it was before the 2008 financial crisis yeah, so sure. everybody had tons of money to burn so you could you could make a living not you couldn't be you could not be married and be but you could start out and stand up and yeah. be on the road and that's how i met tim wilson and and started being on and that's man, that changed me man just seeing because when i first started doing stand-up I, I thought man am i the only southern like not hee-haw yeah right. southern dumbest common denominator of where i come from type of comic like like that whole dur, dur, dur. and then i saw tim and i was like wow you can come from where i come from and still be the smartest guy in this room like how how yeah. that happen? How, Th that, how do you do that and and that that was where i wanted i wanted that i wanted to be i wanted to prove to the rest of the world that this is where i come from is just as smart and educated as where you come from sometimes even smarter and he carried that flag right. and like ran and was just a genius and i and that that changed me when i saw him i knew i could be myself and i i could i've had man yeah. i've had a i've had a man i've had a manager tell me you want to be big in la lose the southern accent yeah well, right F you, dude. That's who. I mean, well, I, I mean, I got some great. You say fuck. I'm doing you say fuck you to him. I am totally fine. Yeah, with that's him that's podcast. great and all, man. I mean, but you know, <laughs> but then I'll pass on. I'll pass on L.A. I, the the yeah. Comedy Central thing that I that I crushed in a perfect example of that is I I won that the Comedy Central shootout at Zany's in Nashville mm -hmm. in like 2014. And I blew the roof off that joint. There was like 20 of us on that show, and everybody in that room knew that after that show was done that I won. And I I got I got flown to uh, Fort Lauderdale. To the to the inside the Hard Rock, the Funny Bone or Improv or whatever it is down there, and um, South Florida. And I did the same exact set, and I got it sounded like what's going on behind Brian back there, the cicadas. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded exact, yeah. sound exactly oh, like that. That's exact, and it was just because I'm I I did it in Nashville, Tennessee, and it was my people. Yeah. It crushed, and then I go to, to South Florida where everybody's Hispanic, and like it's not bad. It's just. Yeah completely yeah, different, different man yeah, and comedy right. comedy to me is cyclical like and right now the, the the blue collar thing that pushed that gave me my chance to be a millionaire or people who do kind of what i do it kind of it kind of wore it out like it kind of like you know it kind of like oh man we got i don't want to yeah. see this anymore. like that those guys god bless them but they they rode that horse until it couldn't be ridden anymore you know it's the, a sh the, it's a shame the, man because i don't see you i mean you you say blue collar and i appreciate that i just see you're like you're just cool that's what I think of. Like when you, when you talk about stuff and I, again, I've seen you a number of times. You're cool, man. It's not dumb or smart or whatever. It's like, it's just cool. It's not, it's like hanging out with your buddy, man. Like I, I I've hung out with you a thousand times, you know, that kind of thing. That's what I, that's what I always liked about it. Cause it's smart and it's a good story and it's, we did some shit and we did great things and you know what I mean? It's like, it's all this stuff. It's, I'm kind of knocked out that you, that you saw so much, so many roadblocks come up because of that. It seems crazy. Not re just not really roadblocks, just not, or just, it's just the way it is. Like, it's just people, it's yeah. just, it's not, nobody does it on purpose. It's just people get, it's I, an accessibility I, thing. Maybe. It, 
I'm tired of I'm I I was tired of hearing you might be a redneck if you know what I mean. Yeah. So like everybody totally. and then and then another guy walks on stage and I don't I I I could fa- if I put just a mustache I favor Jeff like I come out and say hey how y'all doing the first thing they yeah. think is ah oh, shit this guy just wants to be Jeff Foxworthy. I mean, right. I, you know, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of one of those things. It's not anybody's fault or anybody's, I don't blame yeah. anybody. I'm not mad at anybody or anything like that. It's just how it is. And it, you know, it's like basketball right now. If you're, if you're a, a big center and you, and you like to put your back to the goal, you know, if your post-up game is all you got. You're not even in the league, but 10, <laughs> I, 15 I, years I ago, post-up centers were, were the thing, you know, <laughs> now everybody's got to run the floor and play like the kid in Milwaukee onto, onto the hoopa or whatever. Cause they got to run that. <laughs> Run the floor. Yeah. They can't be a chemo. There's no a Kimolajuan anymore. So, I love this you know. because I will get zero basketball references. So that, that shit just went flying <laughs> oh, really? in my That's head. Hilarious. No, it's, it's all right, dude. You're a, you're a basketball guy. <laughs> but listen, it's a per, it's a perfect time to get a quick break. Be, and we we're talking to Mike Spienberg. You can see him perform this weekend at the Comedy Zone, July first through the third. Uh, that's five shows. Do not miss it. I'll be throwing out the first pitch at the Charlotte Knights game tonight. Uh, MikeSpeenberg.com for all of his uh, tour dates and the Doug Weiss podcast. Other information. We'll be right back, everybody. At Ortho Carolina, personalized orthopedic care goes beyond my appointment. Accessible, comprehensive, and compassionate. It's my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked, plus the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at BlumenthalArts.org slash BPA Broadway. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit CDC.gov slash COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse because online scheduling saves me time. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Welcome back, everybody. We are having this uh, really great conversation with uh, the super talented Mike Spienberg. What have we learned so far? Uh, Mike's fantastic. You can catch him on the Doug Wise Show, which is this amazing podcast about Charlotte, the Charlotte-centric show. He loves the the South, and he had T-tops in every car he's ever driven. That's what I got so far. I don't know if that's accurate, Mike. So, uh, so we were talking about you know comedy and kind of where you came from, sort of your origins, and and now you're in a place that man you're you're a, you're touring the world literally doing comedy do you do you tend to to share that information i mean you took a comedy class i mean you mentioned maybe this is something you're getting into well i've talked to a couple people in the zone and stuff like that that were taught thinking about i i don't the way they teach the class the comedy class and then they just kind of drop you out there yeah you know what i mean like you learn how to write that five minutes you know how to write that little five minute set and then you're pretty much on your own i think there's a whole lot more to it to get to get you over the hump yeah it may be for some people a rude awakening it <laughs> yeah. may make them realize in a hurry that they don't need to try to do this and then other people that may give them the hope and encourage that they need to do it but there's a lot of things that people don't aren't taught nowadays especially i have the binder 
from my comedy class from 1998 yeah. that have taught and and he and I were laughing the other day because there's not one word in that whole binder about the internet. <laughs> yeah, right. so, I was about to say they didn't I mean, have computers back yeah. then so you had to write everything No reason. Oh. No yeah, cursive, yeah, no no yeah, no reason. Microfish. Yeah. Um, right. Oh man. <laughs> That's awesome. So, we, yeah, so we, when you when you fax your bio information to the yeah. comedy club, <laughs> I remember I remember one time I, I I got in trouble I got in trouble with Freddie DeMarco at at uh, Columbia Missouri uh, at a place called Deja Vu it was a big comedy club at the time and you would have to fax your veils right your open week uh, and I didn't realize at the time that you could print all the months on one page and just you know, all the month, 12 months could be on one page. I faxed him 12 pages of empty months. <laughs> of empty months. And there was oh, the really nothing of on faxing. Oh, oh, He was so mad. That dude <laughs> called me one time. This is a true story about that guy. He, ca- he called me, he called me one time. I went and did his room in Columbia, Missouri. I drove all the way out there. It's, uh, it's where University of Missouri is. And the club was called Deja Vu. And it was in the, above this big disco dance place. It was all college kids, man. And I was probably pushing 30 and I go and I do the Thursday night and I think I did all right. And he wasn't there. So then I get to the hotel and I go to bed and I wake up the next day and my phone rings in my hotel room. And this guy says, Mike Spienberg. And I said, yeah. And he said, Freddie DeMarco. And I said, Freddie, how you doing? He said, listen, did you do new shit in my room? And I was like, what? And he said, did you do new jokes in my room? You asshole. My room's an A room. Don't do new jokes in my room. You come to my room, you do all your A room jokes. You don't do new room jokes in my room. And I'm thinking in my mind, dude, I've been doing comedy for three years. This is all new. <laughs> all of it. Nothing not new about any of this. And, uh, and, he, the la- and I swear to God, he says, he goes, you know what I did last night? While he was yelling at me, he stopped and he says, you know what I did last night? And I said, I don't know. What did you do, Freddie? And he said, I went to St. Louis and I saw Billy Joel and Elton John. And I said, that's oh. cool. And he said, they didn't play any new songs, motherfucker. <laughs> play, yes. Play, play all the old songs when you're in my room. Hung up on me. Are you? That yeah. is the greatest was, thing I've ever heard, man. Holy road God. comedy, dude. Road comedy. Yeah. Oh, my God. There aren't any people like There's not a lot of people around like that anymore. That so, is fantastic, yeah. man. Oh, my so God. So I want people to understand that, like, don't don't quit when that happens. I want somebody that comes, you yeah. know, I want to be able to teach people that, like, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Get an airline miles credit card. Get 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 travel, yeah. gas. There's ways to live on the road to make money and to do things and to survive that people don't even think about. That's you know, so I, I kind of want to put together a little seminar or something that could just teach these guys how to at least get through the first five years. Half these yeah. people that just start and girls and guys that start here in Charlotte don't even have a little bit of a website or anything but a Facebook page. Right. So say Facebook blows up tomorrow. You don't, you don't have right. any, you're they're con, They're in control of your whole entire media process. Listen, I just that had reminds a, me, look what I got. I got popple. You know what a popple bracelet is? <laughs> I do not. Do you no, know what that is? No. What is that? You, you bang it in, you put it on, you tap somebody's phone with it and it puts oh, all like your a slap. information uh, on slaps, right? Man, right. this one's called a popple and I can't get it to work. I don't know where it's at. It's out there, but Wait, it, it I slaps get it on work. your wrist and it has all your info on it. I got their app and I put all the information, all my social media and stuff. I go to their app, popple. Okay. Hang on. And I put all, I, I did a whole profile. So it connects my website, my Instagram, my Facebook, my podcast, my fam- Facebook fan page, my podcast on Instagram, my YouTube channel, my store, two video, three videos, my contact card, my PayPal, my Venmo, my email, so, my cash. App. So this is this is a r- bracelet that has this information written on it, or is information it- on it? No, oh, got it. in it on it, and in I it. yeah, and I put in my phone. It says open and popple. 
Oh, okay. Open my thing, but my problem is, is I don't know if I have to have pop, if everybody has to have popple for it to work because on yeah, Amber's I phone I can't get it to it, it. It's weird, so I don't know. I just it's like twenty five bucks. That's but it has yeah, all I'm, has all my information in it. Very cool. Uh, I'm looking at the app right now. It says the other person does not need an app or a popple uh, to receive your info. There you go. So how does it work? I just tap their phone with it, right, Brian? Turn on Popple Direct to pop your Instagram, LinkedIn, contact card, or any other link directly. Enables you to easily access your Popple profile. I don't care for the name Popple. I'm going to say that. I don't care for that. <laughs> I used to call uh, my grandpa Poppy. My grandpa was Poppy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Nanny, nanny and Poppy. I had a pet. Um, yeah. Kind of more pat with pat. just a tap. Yeah, all it says is just a tip. Just yeah, it works tip. on my phone great, but I have Popple. Just a tip? Just the tip, it will get just all of my information in you. Wait, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> so my whole, my whole plan was, is after shows this weekend, just to tap people's phones. They uh, have all my dude. stuff in there. That's brilliant. That's actually brilliant. But if it doesn't work, I, don't, I got two of them. If they don't work, what the hell? Well, it sounds like they might, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, from what Brian people, saying, seem to, people seem to like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm we'll looking at the reviews. Weekend. Well, yeah, I'll tell we'll you what, man, I, I, I love the idea of, of you <laughs> imparting your wisdom and your experience on young comics or, you know, new comics, we'll say, because I'm not a young comic, but you I will you I'll don't take your class. You don't have to be famous, man. man. Yeah, you don't man. have to be famous. And, and the odds of being famous are astronomical, but you can still, you can still make your living doing stand-up and you can be, make a good living doing stand-up if you're not stupid and you don't constantly think that you need to be famous all the time. That's the greatest revelation that I've had doing stand-up is being famous is is almost irrelevant to being able to do this for a living. I've had this is my third career. I don't it doesn't matter. Like I, to go and do stand-up comedy and make that my career would be amazing. That's a dream. Yeah. Man. I totally agree with you. So yeah. I, I that's, jumped on. Yeah, it. that's all it is. It's just that was the dream originally was just to not have to do a, have to have a job and now then you then you realize you do that then why would you get you know so you just got to live within your means and, and make it work man that's, i mean yeah. that's pretty much it and some people but then again people i see a guy that open mics man they'll come or guys and girls they'll come watch the open mic and do their set and then they leave they don't even watch the rest of the open mic yeah right and back when i started doing open mics and we did open mics everybody kind of hung out everybody was kind of and i i see that vibe here a little bit in charlotte nashville's really got it they yeah, got I've a heard, great scene there heard their scene so, especially now is, is just really hot right now yeah i just did uh new new material monday last monday night and kathleen madigan and angela johnson showed up and did Come sets, on. And that place was sold out on a monday dude jesus are you serious yeah, oh, wow. packed on a Monday. It's called new new material. You know Lucy Shimshine. Well, she married Aaron Weber. Oh she yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, for, absolutely. For the, she yeah. used to be an intern for the Zone. Yeah, she puts all that together. She's responsible for all that, dude. She's right. that scene. She's. I mean, she is cultivated culture. Job. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, they, she has, and she's she's yeah, it's awesome, man. Really, yeah. Is. For the for the people who don't know, so Lucy, uh, I'm gonna I know I'm gonna say her name wrong. I'm pro- forgive me, Lucy. Lucy Sinshine. Is she gonna change it? I don't even know. I don't know. Uh, her her uh, she and she just married Aaron Weber, who's this really funny, uh, amazing comic actually out of Nashville. She worked here at the Comedy Zone. She took what she learned here. She went to uh, uh, Nashville, and now <laughs> she runs the Zanies in Nashville. And to, and now there's a culture of comedy there that's that's you know not rivaled you know anywhere honestly. That's Everyone's, another person who's coming on my podcast. Oh really? That's uh, she's absolutely. From here. Yeah, she's from here, so it's a perfect yeah. example of somebody who's from here that went and you know. That's the first thing I said to her. I said, "When you're Aaron, because he's headlining. I think Aaron Weber's headlining the Zone. I uh, hope so. Sometime he's one fantastic. night coming up soon. That's so awesome. They'll be in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I'm hoping definitely. we get people out Fourth of July weekend. I've never worked on Fourth of July weekend, so I'm hoping we can get some people out. I'll know? say this: I think it's a unique time, and I think people are looking for comedy, and that's that's what I saw this you know this past weekend, the weekend before. Like, you know, people are excited to be out. So, and 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 what better reason to get out than to see you, man? I, I I'm telling everybody about it, and I love uh, the Don idea Garrett's of, on the show. Is he what? Oh, nice. Don, Don, Gar- Don Garrett's on the show. Keith D is on the show, and Mike Merrifield. Do you guys know Mike Merrifield? I don't think I know he's Mike. He's a beast. Yeah, he, uh, he works for Eight Hundred Pound Gorilla. He's coming in to record for me, and he's also going to host. So wow. I'm going to make Mike Mary or I'm going to make Don Garrett and Keith D work their little asses off because <laughs> Mary Merrifield's a monster. I'm a big so, fan of of both uh, of those guys. I I don't know Mark, but that's uh, fantastic, man. I, I can't wait to see the show. And it's interesting you talk about culture because this is some that's a word that's thrown thrown around so much. And and I think Charlotte has a lot of people who are working real hard. You know, we're still developing what that culture is and what you're talking about, I think, is going to cultivate that. I'm really excited about it. What would you say as, as you know, we, we, we're, we're going to wind things up here shortly. And I want to get some general sort of uh, comedic questions out there to you. Like, what do you think is sort of based on what you do and what you're going to put on other people? What's some of the greatest advantages you have as a comedian? Like what sets you apart and what are some disadvantages you think that you have? Uh, I'm throwing hard ones. Man. These one are, of these these are as, hard. A, as a comic, as a comedian, yeah, as a comic, you mean exactly. on stage, on yeah. stage. Oh, I think my crowd work is spot on. I think, I think as, as a, as a yes. guy who can work a crowd and, 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 and what you said, I can make everybody in the room feel like they're my best friend and feel 100%. like they, they want to hang out. It's, 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 it's a party at my house. I think I've always had <laughs> yeah, that. Man. But I have, but, I, but cool. I, I, I don't, I don't like a lot of comics are tortured souls. Like a lot of comics yes. are, are the comics are the comics you, you, that you are hear about or whatever are guys or girls that are like introverted that didn't have any friends in high school that, that didn't talk to anybody. And then, you know, now there's this huge comic and they hate selling merch after shows because they can't be around people or like, or they hate all that. They, they can do that part of there, but they hate all the rest of it. You know, yeah. I love all that other part. I love all that. You'll see this weekend, dude. I'll have people that come out that I went to high school with. I'll, I'll have to, Amber will have to hit me on the arm and be like, you got to keep them moving, dude, because I'll just keep talking <laughs> to these people. And I, I, I love that. I'm a car salesman, dude. I love that. I love that white trashy. Uh, hey, how you doing? I love that whole, like, you know, hey, hey, running for mayor. I love that shit. And I love, I love, you know. It sounds like you love what you talking. do, man, because that's part of the I job. Do. Right? I do. I, I mean, I do. I, I think, but I think that's a gift, though, too. I think that is. That, yeah. that, that ability to, to be able to do, that's one of my favorite parts. It's one um, of my favorite as far parts. As a drawback, yeah, as far as a drawback, sometimes if I get bored, I drink too much. Yeah, right on. And, and, I, and I get mouthy and I get short on stage and I get, you know what I mean? I shouldn't. Yeah. I, I, there's times where I've uh, plenty of times I can look in my rear view mirror and think, dude, I shouldn't have had beers that night or I've burned a couple bridges or yeah. uh, messed up at a club or like can't work this club anymore. I can't do that. And, yeah. and in the end it was just because of drinking alcohol. I think, yeah, that's probably if, if I don't drink I, or, or have alcohol, I'm, I could be I, I spot on, but if I have beers, I get mouthy and get really impatient sometimes. So dude, I think you, that would be my drawback. You are well, Jesus Christ, man. That's like the, one of the most honest answers that I could have possibly sort of fast forward to. That's amazing. Yeah. Dude, this is true. Like if it, yeah. You're yeah, giving, you're giving that real it, feedback to someone. I hope is listening to this young comics. Cause a lot listen, a lot of yeah. young comics listen to this. That's amazing, man. Like, yeah. Comment down maybe before you do shows. This is a you don't know, time. but you don't know who's you don't know who's really paying attention. I got lucky that I worked for Zanies for a long time coming up, and Brian Dorfman, their owner, was really good to me. And I heard him say one time, just talking to somebody else, I think it's stupid when people drink on stage. And I think, mm. dude, I've all time I've known this dude. I've been drinking beers on stage, 
So yeah, that just so obviously I've been limited. It's limited me in some way. So I would I just think if you're a young comic, you got to learn how to work sober and you got to learn how to work clean. Yeah. To to even have a chance at me, you got to have a good clean fifteen minutes to even have a chance at, at doing this nowadays. And I'm not saying, and you can say, hey, well, look at Chappelle and look at this guy and look at that guy. Well, you're not in the position that he's in yeah, to man. to be able to give the world the middle finger and and kind of walk away and know that people are always going to pay to see him do a podcast or see him do one of these things or he yeah. he can always make money. You're trying to break into the business. You got to know that like comedy club owners or people who put on gigs don't want people complaining to them <laughs> about what you did on stage. Totally. And I, and you, dude, I've, I've, I've yeah, been there. Fan, you know it's what I mean? fantastic. I'm, I'm Cause I was about to ask. I'm, yeah. Like what were some, what was some advice you got? And that's, there you have it, man. I mean, that's it. Some, yeah, of, I, some I, of the best I, advice just, you've received, you know, it's, that's important. Yeah. Just, you know, number one is, you know, kind of try to be professional, which leads to that. Number two is you never know who you're talking to because Dave, Dave Stroop, who runs the Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio, he books like 16, 17 rooms throughout the country. He was a dishwasher there. No kidding. So, I mean, I'm you know what I mean? of so, the legacy of Dave Stroop. Dave, Dave was I did a dishwasher. That. That's the one story I've always heard is Dave was a dishwasher at Columbus Funny Bone when he first started. And I'm sure there's comics who are dicks to him, and he didn't forget their names, I'm sure. And he's an amazing guy. He's an awesome dude. Yeah. He's so great to work for. He's, he's honest. He treats you right. Uh, but yeah, you never know who you're talking to. Yeah, that's great. Advice. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, I mean, Hef wasn't running running the zone. Somebody else was when he started. So, right. but yeah, you know. So. Dude, that's that's fantastic, man. Now we're gonna we're gonna finish up here, but I, I one of the fun questions that I, that we ask uh, comics on on here is uh, about pet peeves. What is the pet peeve uh, that you see or hear in the comedy game? Maybe you hear the same jokes how people act uh, on or off stage, general style. And to me, this is a really fun chance for you to say something that comics are going to hold against wow. you later. <laughs> Got any pet peeves, a pet man? Pe- a pet peeve in the stand-up game? Yeah. I, I just always people thinking that, they're, that they should be further along than they, than they really are. Yeah. I just think now it's just – and uh, also to the – a lot of headliners kind of bring in their own middle acts a lot of times. Like, I think that takes gigs away from a lot of comics. And, I, and, I, and that's kind of a pet peeve sometimes for bigger A-rooms. That kind of bothers me, only because I lose gigs because of that. That's probably why I'm <laughs> right, really right. mad about that. Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't really like – I don't think you should have to take your shirt off on stage and dance around. I don't think any of that's necessary. <laughs> I think, that feels like a very I specific think, pet peeve, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Yeah, it's any kind of, you know, there's a lot of guys who, it's just any, anything like that, anything that, and I did it to start now, like coming out loud, like coming out with music and, and getting the crowd like all hyped up, like, yeah, yeah, and getting them all dancing before you, and I get that, but now I just kind of come out and people grow out of that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't like, you know, but just, I don't know, man. I, I think my pet peeve's more of nowadays gigs get taken away from comics because someone has a viral video and they're not a comic. Yeah. Yeah, and that and they're just they're they're they they think they're comics. Right. I think people. My pet peeve is is like someone will quit another job and all of a sudden just decide they're someone who's famous will say, well, I don't want to be a baseball player anymore. I want to be a comedian, or I don't want to be a wrestler anymore. So I'll be a comedian. So they just think they can just do this. Yeah, I'm gonna they go can, take they can stage just come time from something from else. Somebody else do this. Yeah, you know, or not. They don't. But if you went, if it was the other way around, where a comedian said, I'm gonna go play baseball. He would have to start at the bottom and like train and work his way up. It's natural, but like in this game, you don't have to do that. The country's and kind then of someone will pay. Way, 
Yeah. And then someone will pay 50 bucks to go see one of the real housewives of something to do stand up and be awful for 45 minutes. And they'll think, well, if that person was terrible and I had an awful time, and wanted my money back. Why would I possibly even consider go to see someone like Mike Spielberg, who I've never heard of? Yeah, right. Right. So that kind of hurts the game. It does. This is a disrespect for the art form. The, how 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 outsiders think this art form is so easy sometimes. I agree because a lot of times, uh, again, on this show, we we push if you don't know who somebody is, go see them because they're, yeah. they're because they're hungry. They're trying to become something. They're they're probably 10, 15 years, twenty years into this. You don't know who they are, but they're fighting tooth and nail for every spot they get. You know what I mean? As opposed to like you're saying. The real housewives lady doesn't give a shit. She's just here because she got the time and she's making money. Of course, that's not going to be a good show. Go see yeah, somebody yeah. who's fighting to get there. You know, I think it's yeah, exactly. Go see someone that you've never heard of. Why did they? And, they'll, and then the clubs will extra over promote the famous comedian. And then when the comic that's in their room that's not that famous, they you I, I, you can't get on the radio. Yeah. I can't get into the radio station because they don't know who you are. So wait, how does that help? Like, why is the famous guy in there? He's already famous. He's already going to sell out. He's already got his, his yeah, whole network today. working to, to get people. In. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's he's right. already. And then they yeah, get he's mad already going to sell out. So <laughs> yeah, then they so get mad because he even don't get have anybody in there. In the it's like what? This right, but I was ready to go do the radio, mm -hmm. and you know. So yeah, it's it's it, that's in comedy. That's kind of backwards. Yeah, you know, and that this seems different. You know. Absolutely. So, but it's, it's, you know, it <laughs> it's crazy, man. Well, you got a big week coming up, man. I'm super excited for you. So just to remind everybody again, Mike Spienberg is going to be at the Comedy Zone Thursday, Friday, Saturday, July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, 4th of July weekend. I literally cannot think of another comedian who's who's more suited for, for uh, the 4th of July yeah. weekend than you. Tell everybody about your socials, man. Where can people find them? MikeSpienberg.com. Uh, Mike Spienberg. Uh, it's just Spienberg.com. S-P-E-E-N-B-E-R-G.com. Uh, yeah, no, it's just Spienberg.com. Uh, all E's. Mike Spienberg on Facebook and Instagram. You can Google the Doug Wise show, but it's D-U-G-W-I-S-E.com, Doug Wise. Uh, and uh, just go to Spienberg, Google me, Mike Spienberg. You'll find everything on there. Or bump into me, and I'll chat you with my popple bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get poppled. You'll get poppled by by Mike Spienberg. <laughs> Spienberg .com. Uh Man, look him up. Go see him this weekend. He's going to be throwing the first pitch. Dear God, we hope it gets to the catcher. Gonna be the <laughs> I'm going to try to hit pitch. the comedy club. I'm going to try to hit the comedy club from the baseball field. <laughs> man, we're all going to be we're we're going to be rooting for you, buddy. I got. I'm going to tackle man. Jeff Reed you. if he gives you a hard time. I'm going to tackle him. <laughs> um, He's a big cat, man. Good luck. <laughs> I'm huge, man. I'm huge if people don't know. Uh, man, I can't <laughs> well, thank I you enough. I appreciate y'all for, for having me, man. Absolutely, man. I think you're fantastic. I, I can't wait to work with you again. Uh, everybody, absolutely. go see Mike Spienberg. The guy's the best. Uh, that's been our show this week uh, for Brian Baltashevitz and the Comedy Zone podcast. Jason Allen King, uh, thanks, and uh, listen next week, guys. Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Baltashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever.